welcome to the Warrior Culture Podcast. This is a space for dads and their teenage sons or any disciple of teens to pass down fortified manhood with confidence, one winning conversation at a time. While I'll be talking to the teens, to the dudes, I do want the older folk to listen in and stick around till the end for a discipleship debrief to take things a bit deeper. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Warrior Culture Podcast. Justin over here, and my goodness, man, we are steamrolling through this season. Okay, well, I want to start again with another scenario that I'd like to propose. Here we go. Imagine yourself as an English lord during the Viking Age. Year after year, those pests keep showing up at your doorstep and scour your land of prizes, people, and pleasure. And every year, it's getting worse. They're stronger, bolder, more familiar with your, with your lands. And no matter what defenses you set up, they seem to easily bypass them year after year. In fact, your best defense is the cold weather. Because once winter shows up every year, the Vikings are forced to return home over the seas to huddle in their shelters. It gives you a break, more time to think and resupply for the spring when you know they'll be back. This year, however, comes with a dreadful twist. Winter is approaching, but as your scouts barge into your personal chambers, you read panic on their faces. Well, what is it? you demand. It's the Northmen, Lord, the lead scout stammers. They aren't going home. They've fortified the garrison they won two months back. It looks like they're hunkering down here for the winter. Congratulations, you have new neighbors. Historically, this is exactly what the Vikings started to do. Like, why traverse the high seas back home for the winter when you can just fortify a base you've already taken over on enemy-occupied soil and just remain there safely for three months? This singular move gave the Vikings the ability to raid year-round. It, I mean, as you can imagine, it astronomically extended their reach and therefore their destruction. And I can't think of a better start to a conversation concerning the local body than this, the local church. Because this is exactly what a local body, a local church is. And I, But before I explain, I, I do want to zoom out and just remind you that, you know, the last, so including this one, the last three episodes have been on a pillar truth of what warrior culture manhood looks like, which is that men fortify. We've talked about how men fortify their brother friends, their brides, and now their body, their local body, their local church. The Bible teaches that although God controls all of what happens here on earth, it's still Satan's home base. He runs the network of God opposition. You know, he runs the black market of all mankind's depraved workings here on earth. He is sin's mastermind and he wields great swaths of territory here on planet Earth, what the Bible calls the world. And when he offers Jesus, you know, 2,000 years ago, the kingdoms of this world in Matthew chapter 4, he, he isn't bluffing. And so each local body, each local church established here on Earth, yeah, that church you go to, you know, Sunday morning, 
It is an outpost of the king planted deep in enemy-occupied soil. Every single church plant alerts Satan's scouts, who then deliver the foul news to the devil. Uh, new neighbors, Satan. Well, much like the Viking garrisons of old, if our local churches aren't therefore fortified with a frantic urgency, the enemy will reclaim them one by one. And guys, every year, so many churches here in the West are shut down. But here's the problem. So many, maybe even the majority of modern Christian men see church as a sissy sport. You know, so many men are, are so often drenched in the narrative of fantasy football or competing for the four o'clock tea times or they're, you know, just wanting to sleep in or do something else besides church. They're blind to see what the local body really is. Demonic combat. Sunday mornings to these men become frilly get-togethers involving singing songs and drinking grape juice. Community group that sometimes meets throughout the week can become cutesy evenings to share your feelings. You get the point. Maybe, young men, you have this view yourself, and I urge you to throw it away right now. As a pastor, this grieves me more than most things, if I can be honest. Naturally, I live and breathe the local body. It's not just, you know, what I see in the Bible and... Uh, you know, what, like what I love to do, it's, it is my job. And so I, I, I see the local, the local church, the local body differently, um, which is why the Vikings really helped to illustrate uh, what it is we are to do. Your church is an outpost on the front lines of the King's invasion plan to reclaim prized territory right here on earth in Satan's zip code. So when your outpost is gutsily fortified by the king's warriors, its reach, and therefore destruction of Satan's strongholds is astronomically extended, just like the Vikings in their enemy's land. That's the goal here. And it get this, it is absolutely essential to warrior culture. If you and I, okay, I'm, I'm going to say this boldly, and I'll probably offend some people. If you and I take our manhood seriously, then fortifying our local bodies with a gutsy commitment is our calling. There are no exceptions to this. You are not a man of heaven if you fail to fortify your local body here on earth. I'm going to make sure that no one misses that. You are not a man of heaven if you fail to fortify your local body here on earth. Again, as a pastor, I'm privileged to see the difference a single man can make when he steps up to fortify his local church. Maybe you'll, you'll think back a few episodes to when we were talking about J.C. Ryle breaking up those two farmers that were brawling. And remember what he said, how, how amazing a truth he learned that day, that the power one man has when he's on the side of right. I see the same thing. When a single man steps up to fortify his local church, even while so many men remain passive and do nothing, that man is on the side of right. The enemy quivers at his rising. And it's even simple stuff. Like, don't think like, oh, I, I got to get in the pulpit and preach. That's not what we're talking about necessarily, though that could be a great thing. It's even like the Googling eyes of a toddler when a man or a teenage boy walks in to teach his class. 
how exciting that can be for a child. Or the relief it affords. I, I know, speaking from experience, the church staff for a man to help tear down after an evening event. Maybe even think of like a teenager using his video editing skills to level up his church's promotional announcements. You name it. It is massively important. And it's not just, yeah, serving at my local church. Like it is demonic combat. It is a big deal fortifying the local body. Do not count yourself out. Your church, your body needs you right now. Yes, you. I'm telling you from the inside of a local body, no church will ever turn you aside and no investment of time and energy you put into fortifying your local body will ever be wasted. There's a quote I want to read from F.B. Meyer, and he's writing as a pastor, and he says this, you know, what, 150 years ago-ish? It is urgently needful that the Christian people of our charge should come to understand that they are not a company of invalids to be wheeled about or fed by hand, nursed and comforted, you know, the minister being head physician and nurse, but a garrison that Christian people are a garrison in an enemy's country, every soul of which should have some post of duty at which he should be prepared to make any sacrifice rather than quit it. So let's start a conversation between you and your dad, you and your mentor, and I want you to strategize. What's one part of your local church that the two of you can fortify together? Like you can actually make stronger. And I, and I want you to give yourself a year to achieve your goal. Really, like cast that vision, cast that end point, and I want you to labor towards it. Make sure to recruit help from other sons, other you know friends and their dads, their mentors to make it happen. If you need some ideas, start by asking the pastor or the elders or ministry leaders. Make sure the needs you know, of your local church align with your gifts, like we talked about a few episodes back, or, or else you will burn out. Watch, like really watch how one man, how one teenage guy can make a massive change. That's always what it takes. A single decision made by a single man. God is so for that. All right, get discussing sometime this week, maybe even right now. And until next time, fight fortify and farewell. Scope. Thank you for investing your finite time into the Warrior Culture podcast. If you like what's going on here, make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and most importantly, share it with a friend. And for real, don't neglect the discipleship debrief. It's kind of the secret sauce of success here. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me, Justin, an email at justint at c3lr.org. Grace and peace.